Hi, I'm Al Tharp. And I'm Kim Vu. Welcome to Vietnola, the show about being Vietnamese in New Orleans, coming to you right from the heart of our fair city. Xin chào quý vị. Đây là bài Vietnola, chương trình pháp hành về cộng đồng Việt Nam and New Orleans through New Orleans mỗi tuần. Today on the show, we'll have a conversation with our guest, Timmy Vo, the health outreach coordinator for VAILA, V-A-Y-L-A, the Vietnamese American Young Leaders Association. Timmy Vo joined VAILA New Orleans in 2007 and became a staff member in 2012. He was born and raised in New Orleans and graduated from Xavier University. He dedicates his time reaching out to young people locally and nationally through various student organizations such as through social media to raise awareness about available health programs at Vela and other supportive services in the community that focus on improving immediate and long-term psychological health of young people. Recently, Timmy Bo has begun the daunting task of engaging the Vietnamese American community in a dialogue of lesbian, gay, transgender, bisexual issues. Welcome, Timmy. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me here. I'm incredibly intrigued as to your your new task, your new goal. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in that issue? Well, uh, I started as um, a, a member of Vela, and then I've uh, I was in college that time, mm-hmm. and. Um, it was like a, the personal development phase for me where I had to uh, reflect upon myself and, you know, uh, be aware of uh, where I'm at, my surroundings, and kind of reflect um, what are my goals in life, you know? And then I've uh, I've had to evaluate uh, what goes around around me. So in college, well, it's just like, you know, everybody judges in, in freshman college, you know, it's that time where um, a lot of people seek uh, new friends. Who, who are your partners? Who's your supporters? And who's the people you have to compete with? Because Xavier University, it's very competitive when it gets to um, academics, where you have to compete to like uh, have the best grades to go to med school, dentistry school, pharmacy mm-hmm. school. So it's get that it's that mentality that you have to seek for. And then like there's um, awareness around where uh, I was um, subjected to like you know. Um, people have been talking about me, oh, uh, is Timmy gay, you know? Because then, like, they never really confronted me about it, even though I was, I didn't came out that time, or I wasn't comfortable when that time w- before I, I came out. It's just, like, a lot of people have been gossiping, like, guys, this is, this is college, not high school, all right? So um, I heard it through my best friend, and my best friend's telling me, like, oh, they, you know, they're talking about you to me. It's like, well... I don't deserve that because that's not fair for me. Like, if any word that's said about me has to be said directly to me. So I just. So how? At what point were you in college when you did identify yourself as gay? Oh well, I um, as soon as like I found out, I uh, I came out as um, bisexual. Okay. Because I didn't feel comfortable with me being fully gay at that time, Mm -hmm. and. it was the point where, like, freshman in college, freshman where I was... Did you come out mm-hmm. to your family as well? Well, it's a funny story, actually. Um, my family knew that I was um, not straight um, growing up because um, they just realized that I've been more attracted to, um, you know, girly things like uh, boyer dolls and dressing up in dresses. And uh, they always knew, and they always think that, you know, it's just... Uh, Timmy's just confused right now. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's... 
he's a young child. Says he's yeah. gonna pass out. Yeah, and then like I grow up and I was facing like, oh, how do I make myself more heterosexual because I want to fit in with the crowd. Like it's not normal that like, oh, uh, Timmy's like, oh, liking girly stuff when he's a boy, you know. So um, let's see. So they. Happened. So it sounds like they knew. Mm-hmm. When did you? Uh, I officially make came out. Oh yes. To them. Um, so it's a funny story where um, I was doing my lab report one day at home, just on my bed, and then my mom calls me in the night when she's coming home from school, and she was like um, in a car driving her coworkers home, and I and she asked me, Timmy, do you like men or women? I was like, I was thrown off. Like, like I'm working on my lab report. <laughs> it's yeah. like I would think that like she told me to like go downstairs and cook like a pot of rice or something <laughs> blindsided you yeah like that's what she usually calls me about to do like things for her yeah and then all, like all of a sudden she asked me do you like men or women i was like what <laughs> that is so subtle I, I was like <laughs> i was like both she's like what i was like uh, I, I like both she's like no child no I was like oh my god she's gonna come home and tell me the whole bible story so eventually she did I didn't hear that night because I was now, did, did you grow up in New Orleans East yes and your family all went to married queen of Vietnam yes. church okay. yep mm-hmm. and like it's a funny story because like I didn't see her that whole the whole night because I'm kind of like I, I don't want to face this, this I need to finish my lap report <laughs> That's such a good Asian instinct. I'm just going to work on my lab report instead of deal with this conflict. (laughs) And the next morning later, she was like, "Um, so she asked me again. I was like, yes, mom. Like, I like both. And she's like, she told me the whole Bible story is like, Man and woman yeah. together, not oh, man dude. and man and oh, woman and dude. woman. Did she do it in Vietnamese or English? That's my she did it in English, exactly how <laughs> I say it. Because <laughs> <laughs> my parents tend to, they'll, they'll speak English to me 99% of the time, but when they're gossiping or yelling at me or scolding me, it's in Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious. <laughs> and then sometimes when they're yelling at me, I don't understand the words they're using because it's like it's words they don't yeah. usually use. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you, that was about freshman year, you said yeah. that you came out as bi and do you identify yourself as bi now? No, uh, I, um, you know, I keep more acceptance of me and throughout the time, like I've been like doing like personal struggles I've been facing through. I was like, you know what? I need to accept myself because if I'm not going to accept myself, I won't be happy for who I am. So I came out as gay, like, you know, I was, I kind of happened and thought, I was like, what's the difference between bisexual and gay, you know? And it's just like, being bisexual, you have um, sexual and physical attractions to a woman, where, and, um, and a man, as gay as you only have um, sexual and physical attraction to a man. And I thought about that, like, man, if, do I see myself dating a woman equally to a man, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought, I was like, no, I can't, I can't commit myself, like, being in a relationship with a woman as much as I value a relationship with a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you know any other Vietnamese Americans that were having the same internal dialogue? Um, internal dialogue as in... With their sexuality? Yeah, like, um, so I have my best friend. He came out before I did because he faced 
some of the his personal struggles too when he um he dealt with uh a lot of people <coughs> a lot of people talking about behind his back and um he just uh, had fed up with it you know he's like you know what i don't you know i don't tolerate this i'm just gonna come out you know slowly so um i knew yeah i knew that he came out before i did like we met each other at the same time where where when he was coming out so then uh i met him through vela he was uh one of the youth leaders at vela and um i just recently joined vela because um i wanted to be more involved in the community and i met him and um i didn't know he was gay at first until he came out and then i was like all right and then like we did we wasn't really connected like starting that rancor of just talking with one another until like he was coming out to me you know and the community too and so new orleans east very small community of vietnamese american immigrants what what was the backlash um well well we me and my best friend we just put up on like a face that we're we're normal you know like uh we're just uh we're just you know we grew up as catholics we grew up vietnamese catholics and then we're just um doing whatever we can we just uh, go to church and we're normal like that but then as soon as like the comedian knows that we came out um as um homosexuals and queer um i guess like a lot of times like vietnamese be gossiping like you know you know gay and stuff like that yeah like yeah. incredibly obviously mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then like um i guess like we've we, um how people interact with when i came out it's just like um, some people supported me. It's like, oh, that's, um, you know, I, I didn't, f mm, you know, I didn't, uh, it didn't, it didn't take me surprised to know that to me was gay. But um, it's all about just being comfortable with um, yourself. I was comfortable by my time that like, you know, I, ha I had to do it in order for to let go of things, you know, if it shows that when you came out, you come out like who, who got your back or who does it. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So you did feel like you had support in the Vietnamese community. Yeah. And demographic-wise, mostly younger people or older people who you felt that kind of support from? Uh, I felt that, like, um, uh, that didn't really, like, um, distinguish to me because, like, I felt that, like, they just accepted me for who I am. Like, I'm a good person because I do good things, too. Like, being Vietnamese and being gay at the same time doesn't really affect much to them because I'm... I'm really nice to them, you know, I treat them really well if, like, you know, Timmy's a good person, but then, oh, the only time that they will, like, say something bad, it's like, you're so gay, it's like, stop acting girly, and stuff like that, well, that's just me, you yeah. know? Not <laughs> acting, like, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, I just got, like, the most support from, like, my friends that were with me in time of college, and they understand, you know, and, you know. Do you but, still identify as a Catholic? Yes, like I'm still wearing my crucifix. Like, okay. uh, you know, I I uh, I know I know that I used to like do a lot of like Catholic stuff, like being in the, in the church group, in a prayer group and stuff. Like that was my my stepping stone where I'm here right now. Like I need to kind of reflect myself and then like kind of like thank God for for me being here because I believe that being Catholic and being Vietnamese and being gay is like. Uh, it's hard for me, but I have to accept that God made me because he made me and you know, he um, Yeah, he he forgives me, you know, like a lot of 
people say that oh being gay is a sin but then um that's what other people believe i believe that uh god god gave me a life and god forgives me and god give me a life to um you know shed light on other people while doing um work in the community or work doing so much work um in other communities too like nationally I mean, it seems like it might be changing with the current pope slowly, but the church's official position with uh, LGTB identifying folks is not amenable. It, it's it's not nice, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and how do you, knowing that, you know, how does that make you feel going to a very Catholic church, a, you know, a very, um, very much a traditional Catholic church in? that is a community center in many ways for the Vietnamese American community here in New Orleans. Yeah, um, so I rec- I don't live in um, New Orleans East anymore. I live in Metairie, and after Metairie, um, I've, uh, I stopped going to church because like, I felt that like if I had to go to church, I had to go back to where I, I go to church. I usually go to church because it's kind of like my home. But um, for like about two years now, I stopped going to church. Um, not the fact because um, I feel like really ne- part of this, I feel kind of neglected too. And I feel like, is this right? You know, I'm praying to God, but I'm gay in here. And then people's going to judge me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, uh, but I'll just do anywhere because I still believe in God. You know, I, I, I still do pray. And um, I still do pray. <laughs> And like, uh, it's it, what matters is like I still believe in him, and then like I just don't care what every po- people think in the church. You know, I was like, oh, Timmy's gay. He's a sinner. Why is he here in the church? You know, I was like, well, I still believe in God. Does that even matter to you at all? You know, like, mm-hmm. do you respect me for being here? So, mm-hmm. um, I kind of have the sense that people just eye me at church. Like, what is he doing here? But, um. You know, I just, but I do like have, like, since like I'm a busy person now, I just make time to go to church where like the days of obligatory where we have to go to church. Well, they say they have to go to church, but um, yeah, to avoid like those major sins, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so it yeah. sounds like you're still in the process there. Yeah. With that. Yeah. And I understand that you became a health coordinator mm-hmm. a health outreach coordinator um, and it sounds like most of the issues are very public or mental health related uh, d- were you attracted to that position because of the opportunity to do the kind of outreach you're doing on your issue um, that's now it sounds like a focus like you've been going to organizing workshops on LGTB outreach and stuff like that mm-hmm. chicken or the egg did you seek out that position for that opportunity or did you find it to be a good position for you to start that dialogue well um when the job position opened it for me um i um i was actually um studying for my dental submissions test at that time Mm -hmm. and um i got laid off or a job a bookkeeping job and then like um i know that one of the workers the one of the community leaders there at Vela, we were like, Timmy, we have an opportunity that's open, and then we would think that it's fitted for you. I was like, okay, what is it? It's a health reach out coordinator. You basically reach out to um, the youth and community members about uh, the programs at Vela, and which is Family Circle. And um, yeah, I just have to take the opportunity because, like, I've been Family Circle for two years, and then it'll be like, it's 
I didn't think that I would work for Vela, be, uh, for work for Vela, because I've been like involved with Vela for like the past six years, and then I just had to like take that opportunity. It's like wow, like I'm like a true leader of Vela now, and then um, as time passes, you know, like we see that mental health was an issue, but then what's really connected is um, being a youth queer too. Mm-hmm. It, it it's like the most straining uh, mental health because then like fit, like it you know the depression rates increases 50 percent for um youth to be suicidal and get depressed um by being um queer uh, across the ethnicities or particularly in vietnamese american it's um just across across mm-hmm. yes and you know i'll be honest with you i grew up in California with about quarter, Southern California with about a quarter of a million Vietnamese Americans and I'm you know, well into my 30s and you are the first Vietnamese American I've ever met who is openly gay. Oh. Yeah. And so when I heard that you were going to start this dialogue in the Vietnamese American community, I mean, I was definitely intrigued. Where do you see the starting point? You know, in, practic- in practical terms, how do you? How are you going to go about this very daunting, intimidating task? Yeah. Well, I was I was really like, kind of like envisioning it as like, wow, this is going to be really difficult for me to do. But uh, all it takes is just one step at a time. Um, beginning with like just getting together, um, the queer group that we we've been organizing to do a, a grant for um, about two years ago or a year ago and um we're just wanting to connect with one another and start like um we have a family circle so we're having uh circles that have uh it's a peer-to-peer support group and we talk about different topics and um there are um three circles from the past year there is uh, young women's um young men rising and young adults and um, this year we'll be opening up a youth crest, which stands for youth uh, queer um, in for unity education and trans- um, social transformation and um, we're just going to um, have a family circle based off of that and um, reconnecting with one another and kind of talking about what's been um, the hardships of us like growing up being a queer Vietnamese or we have Latino and black people too so um, we just want to open up to that circle. So explain family circle a little bit. Are folks parents there, or is it just youth? Like, what is the dynamic of that? It's uh, it's currently it's just youth right now, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's open to like um, from fourteen to about I think we have about uh, some older folks like twenty, twenty six, twenty seven, and. Um, they just like come in and just uh, it's like a closed group, so we'll be we'll be separate from everybody when they're doing their session. And it's a conversational session. Yes, and it's sometimes we have activities too, like um, you know we we have skill building activities, we have mm-hmm. um, you know trust activities, and sometimes we have de-stressing activities where um, youth and members of the family circle get the opportunity to like uh painting and cooking and sorts of a lot of activities but uh this year we're gonna change it up where um it'll be more intimate where um every person in the circle gets to have a say of what 
what what they have to express because um through evaluations we see that uh, not everybody had to uh, have like a say in the things they were just going along and de-stressing but we really want to talk to you to get down to the roots like what is your problem you know what's the problem that you're dealing with mm -hmm. and kind of like have this peer-to-peer -peer support group from everybody and so are you're bringing to the topic table the issue of being lgtb is that how this is kind of structuring out no like um the family circle is based of uh, our camp co um commonalities mm -hmm. so whatever they feel that what's been what they've been going through they offer like the topic of the day is um you know coming out whatever because then we are opening the circle and there's a possibility of some youth in our youth center that are identified as queer but they don't want to come out yet so you feel do you feel that like whatever they what's been on their chest for a while they need to say they'll just do it like they'll 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 open it like in, they should they will share a song that reflects like how they are the feeling or the topic of the day and they'll just um, explain their situation how they're connected to what they're feeling about and then um, they'll go around in like a round robin in a circle to express like how personally they are connected to it or how they can like you know share support to that person that's been going through that you know so this has already been brought to the table by some of the youth mm. coming out or no not yet okay. but this is this is what we're implementing um next month mm -hmm. that's when the program starts and from what you can tell i mean we none of us have perfect perception but how give or take how many people do you think of the vietnamese american youth are queer or have queer tendencies and may come out i'm really bad at numbers so <laughs> I, I, I don't know but yeah. six two well hmm. I mean, that are already in your group you're talking about in the group not right, you right. can't not, not, not not yeah not widespread but just in the group that you've been working with oh like currently yeah. Oh, cause then we have we have also Latino and um, African American uh, youth too working with us. Mm -hmm. Great. But I, um, I don't know. It's hard. Um, I would think like two, or well, just two because like I, I'm not the type of person that I will judge them. You right. Know? You don't make decisions. I don't make assumptions because like I carry out throughout my day like you know supporting them like I accept my youth for my youth you know and then whatever struggles they have like i'll support them with it and that's what i see in um a youth that just like you know, she didn't he or she didn't came out to me yet but i you know i just want to have that circle for them to uh, open up so i understand you went through training to start this type of workshop or to start this dialogue can you talk a little bit about that training and whether you think that's going to help you in your community so um i recently came back to um from hawaii from a summit called the nakapia it stands for the national queer asian pacific islanders and um um so let me say it's it a <laughs> wait national queer asian pacific islanders uh alliance yeah that's what's it called and it was in Hawaii, and um, actually they did not like give me like uh, what I was expected for to go, but mm -hmm. I did like gain some like um, organizational knowledge, like 
um, how to uh, have a one-on-one -on -one with somebody, how to um, um, resolve conflict. Mm -hmm. And then um, I, I see that that's just like organization, like whatever that you're a leader of and you have you you have in control but then i was looking for like how do you you know reduce um you know somebody that just came out and give them like resources for them to for support them so that was what i was looking for but i did have an opportunity to network with um partners uh, around the um the nation like um there's this group called prism there's another group called uh, freedom inc and um yeah i just met a lot of like inspiring like queer youth leaders that is uh asian, asian and yeah yeah, That's yeah. and then like recently like i i met with um at the summit i met with um a new group they're called uh v-rock which stands for the vietnamese rainbow in orange county and they just recently like formed mm -hmm. because through um in orange county every year they have the vietnamese new year's festival and they ask organizations okay. to march with them. Mm -hmm. And um, the queer group VROC, they didn't um, they didn't get um, accepted because the Vietnamese community think that, oh, they're not Vietnamese enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then they thought that it was wrong. Like, you know, like, this is wrong. This is not fair. Like, we are Vietnamese and we're just queer Vietnamese, you know? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make us different from whatever we do as Vietnamese. So then they marched anyways, and then um, it blew up um, social media. It blew up publicity. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a little background. That's where I come from, Orange County. Very Vietnamese, very Republican. Yeah. Very conservative. So that your your story doesn't surprise me at all as far as the reaction <laughs> yeah, yeah. of the community. Uh, I actually thought it was interesting with all the uh, gay marriage progress that was happening in Massachusetts, my parents called me just randomly, and my dad's in his mid-70s, and like many Vietnamese Americans, I don't introduce any boyfriend to them unless I would kind of consider them for marriage, because it's just, it's actually protecting the male from the level of interrogation that they will face you know and, and you're nodding because you understand mm, yeah. what it's like to have Vietnamese American parents so I don't really bother introducing them to anyone because I haven't you know gotten to that point with anyone yet and my dad called and said you know um so Kim how, how is your love life <laughs> this is not you're laughing because you, yeah, you don't do this you know like our parents do not ask about our mm -mm. personal lives it is grades and jobs you yeah. know Unless like you're dating someone and it's then it's when are you gonna get married or if you're not dating someone It's when are you gonna get married, but there's no like how is your love life, you mm -hmm. know, I'm like uh, Non-existent. I'm leaving soon. Why? you know, he's like Well, you just never seem to bring any boys or girls home <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh My dad's <gasps> trying to reach out to his lesbian daughter in his mind well, you know <laughs> that's said, generous spirited i think it was really sweet yeah. and then he goes i'm like oh no dad no i it's fine yeah. i just i haven't met anyone that i want to introduce to you mm -hmm. but i it's it's boys i like you know and he goes 
because it's okay if it's not it's just <laughs> it's just in some people's makeup oh, you know no. so i call my sister and my sister's just laughing i could hear her laugh from the other side of the country and my mother's <laughs> with her watching her children and my mom's like oh He's just trying to brag at how liberal he is now because he's been watching CNN <laughs> and all that gay marriage stuff. I was really touched. I'm saying like, what, whatever it takes, right? You know what I mean? Like my 70-something-year-old immigrant, Vietnamese-American immigrant father trying to reach out to his 30-year-old daughter to ask if she's queer. I'm like, oh, that's kind of sweet. I think, it's, that's, that's, I think it's beautiful. I know. And my actually, my lesbian friends have been like, oh. Your dad is wasted on you. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, really funny. Uh, I also, I thought it was so fitting when I asked you, as I asked many of our guests, to pick something that you think, you know, standing back and looking into our Vietnamese American culture, something that's kind of interesting or quirky. And can you share that thing with us? Yeah, so um, I didn't really uh, have like, uh, to be honest, I, I I didn't know what to pick when you asked me this question, so uh, I looked up on Google and <laughs> Google like Vietnamese adequate. Mm-hmm. Oh and, really? Yeah. <laughs> what we this, what's mean there? Google. <laughs> <laughs> and I um I I saw that like in Vietnam in the Vietnamese culture, um, um people of the same sex uh shows pda like through friendship not because they're uh, homosexuals or they're dating it's just like a valuable friendship they have they you know hold hands in the street mm-hmm. walking across the street they put their around uh, their arm around each other and they just um that's how they um friendship shows affection mm-hmm. but then um there's no pda whatsoever when they're dating it's like you know, you have to show that you're concerned. Respectable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Curious I, reversal. It's interesting because I, I mean, that's not the case in Vietnamese American culture. You know, you know no, it's really totally opposite. Right. You, you, you see, like, um, people, like, you know, showing people, you know, um, heterosexual couples, like, holding hands, but never see, like, um, a, rare, a rare case that I see, like, a homosexual a uh, couple holding hands in the street or s- same-sex friends holding hands in the street that's not real common yeah at all here but when i lived in vietnam i saw that very frequently like it they're clearly just friends and it was really normal mm-hmm. so somehow when the parents crossed the big ocean something got I lost, lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming today. Thank are you there, for having me. Are there any events or any kind of workshops you want to share with our listeners? Well, um, like I said in the um, earlier, our Family Circle program is opening up on the September 23rd, and applications are now open online. Um, you can look at um, our Facebook page or Vela um, on Facebook, and uh, there's an event that you can click on and to... Um, to apply for a family circle leader or a family circle member and it's due September 13th and um, that's that's not nationwide though because I'll be sharing this radio show to my friends on Facebook and a lot of my friends are from uh, non-local 
Okay. <laughs> Look good. Well, hint, hint, everybody. Yeah. Don't don't apply for a family circle <laughs> if you're out of town. <laughs> Thanks for letting us know. That's Vietnola for today. And thank you so much for joining us at home, at work, on your phone, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And a special thanks to today's guest, Timmy Bo. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you, Timmy. Thank you. Our show is produced by Kim Vu, Al Tharp, and Grant Morris. Our technical director is Chris Kehoe. Our web guru is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Our theme song was written by Taylor Smith and performed by the Swamp Lilies. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products, including Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Era Studio monitors, and much more. Visit www.presonus.com for more information. You can follow us on Twitter at It's New Orleans. You can like us on Facebook. We're at It's New Orleans. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can listen to our other Vietnola shows on our website, itsneworleans.com, as well as our other shows, Happy Hour, Out to Lunch, Mindset, True the Game, and Midnight Menu Plus One. Keep up with all kinds of ha fun happenings here at Vietnola by getting on our mailing list. Sign up on our website, itsneworleans.com. Vietnola was recorded today in New Orleans. If you'd like to be a guest on a Vietnola show, we'd love to have you. Drop us a line. You'll find all the info on our website. Vietnola is produced by INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Kim Vu and everyone here at Vietnola, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you back here next week for our next episode of Vietnola. Till then, I'm Al Tharp. And I'm Kim Vu. Bye. Bye-bye. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.